Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 609, with Jim and Kelly Laub. If you've ever had a problem in a restaurant, and we all have, if they respond the right way, and they show you that they really care, and they make it right, it immediately flips our mood. It immediately takes us from being frustrated or angry to saying, golly, well, they really care. You know, Even though they screwed up, they showed me, and even if they weren't be able to fix it 100%, at least that I know I was recognized and I was heard out, and they showed me that they cared, bingo. That's hospitality. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Here is a statistic for you. 89% of all guests will research a restaurant online before dining out. So you've got to start thinking about how you can extend your in-house hospitality and attention to detail to the online world. Bento Box is a great place to start. They will develop a restaurant website that not only leaves lasting impressions with your guests, but also provides hospitality-focused tools that are proven to drive revenue online and guests into your restaurant. Sign up today at getbento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. Get on it. Everybody loves payday, am I right? But loving your payroll provider, that's a different story. It's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with Gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and HR support to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal, it's modern, and who knows, you might even fall in love. To learn more, head over to gusto.com slash un. Unstoppable, and when you run your first payroll, you'll get your first three months free. Again, that's gusto.com slash unstoppable. I'm sure you've heard of Revel, but have you heard of the Revel Advantage? It is the payment processing solution that seamlessly integrates into your Revel point of sale and platform to create a complete system tailored to your business needs. Revel manages both your POS and your payments with integrated software, hardware, and credit card processing to save you time and money so you can focus on your business. Learn more at revelsystems.com slash un stoppable and with excitement allow me to introduce you for the third time and for the first time uh three and one jim loud for the third time and kelly loud for the first time are you two feeling unstoppable today Yes. Yes, totally unstoppable. Yes. Ready to go. Right? So uh, if you're recognizing Jim's voice, this is Jim's third time on the show. Check out Restaurant Unstoppable episode 301 and 140 if you want to check out more of uh, Jim's backstory and some of the knowledge he has. But today, we're here to talk about hospitality and service, specifically what the differences are between hospitality and service. And beyond that, we're going to do a uh, deep dive into why hospitality can be a unique selling proposition position for your business. And we're going to wrap up with diving into some practices and systems you can implement in your business uh, to really make sure that hospitality is happening every day. Uh, so like I said, let's, let's kind of get to know you guys a little bit more. But first, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. Who wants to take it? Kelly, why don't you start? Okay, I'll go first. So this is something I actually have on my server pad and I look at often. It's uh, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. 
be kind always. Mm. And it just helps me focus on the person and not on myself. Okay. Really dive more into that. Why do you take the time to write it down on your pad? I think that's a really great trick. When I first started working, I realized that there are some difficult people who walk into my restaurant and to refocus and recenter myself, I needed a visual on my server pad to yeah. remind me, you don't know what they're going through. And it's okay if they're having a bad day. I can't take it personal. I just have to be kind and I have to always be kind. So that quote spoke to me. So I slapped yeah. that on my server pad. And I know you're a big fan of Daniel Goleman, uh, the, the author of Emotional yes. Intelligence. And uh, th- that right there is just being mindful and being, and you have to attune to these people. It doesn't matter what state of mind you're in. I mean, you want to be in a good state of mind um, yeah. always, right? But you have to meet people where they're at. And being Absolutely. just receptive to these people is so important. And Jim, did you have a success quote that you want to share? Or? Yes, I sure do. Okay, cool. Sure do Eric um I've been th- I think a lot about uh, gratitude today I think as I've gotten older um I become more conscious of how fortunate that I am and uh, Cicero uh, said this years and years ago probably about 2000 years ago he said gratitude is the greatest of all virtues and is the cornerstone of all others why why do you think that is well I'll tell you what if you don't have gratitude if you're not thankful for things um I think your mind is in a perpetual state of wanting more and not being satisfied and being basically unhappy. But if you look at as the glass being half full instead of half empty, I just think that's a great approach to life. And especially those of us who were blessed enough to have been grown up in a country like America where we have the freedoms and all the conveniences that we have. I mean... We're the luckiest people in the world just by virtue of where we were born, basically. Yeah, and um, it, it's so true. I think it comes into down to like relativity, right? Yeah, we all want yeah. more. We all we all want to reach a certain level in our lives where we feel like we're growing. It's one of those those Maslow's hierarchy needs. I feel like you're yep. growing, that you're improving, yep. you're getting better, and yep. that never goes away. Yeah, and we'll never be satisfied because of that desire to constantly grow. And you don't really become satisfied until you stop. And instead of looking ahead, you look behind and go, "Damn, yeah." Like yeah. I look, look what I did. Right. And I think that's, you're right. That's the only way to really kind of, yeah. uh, be content. And I think it's great for restaurant operators to look at it that way. I mean, just think about how difficult it is to create a successful restaurant, even to open a restaurant. And, um, it takes talent. It takes money. It takes perseverance. It's hard work. Um, restaurant operators, think, I, I believe should take pause and look at all that they've accomplished and just think about how well that they've done so far. Mm. You know, sure, they can always do things probably better. And okay? honestly, even if you're like still in business, like that's, there, a, there that's you an go. accomplishment. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it it yeah. takes a lot to yeah. be successful in this yeah. business. So yeah. great way to get this thing started. Let's get to know you guys a little bit more. Like I mentioned, this is Jim's third time on the show. He was episode uh, 140 and 301. Uh, great uh, episodes. I think the the first episode was a deep dive into uh, three characteristics of successful restaurant owners. If that sounds interesting to you, and the second time Jim was on, we touched on uh, important numbers to consider when opening a restaurant. So all great stuff. If you want to check out Jim's previous episodes, uh, but why don't you just let the listeners? Why don't you remind them of who you are and what makes you an authority? Sure, you bet. Um, As you mentioned, my two previous courses had to do with financial management and numbers and things of that nature. Um, I practiced uh, about 15, almost 18 years as a CPA. And prior to that, 
I uh, had worked at, earned my way through college as a server and a bartender, and uh, I worked for a, I was a controller for a a restaurant chain, a barbecue restaurant chain, and uh, got the opportunity to move into the from the financial end into into management on operations side. So with those two combinations, I opened up an accounting practice, and most of my clients were small independent restaurants, and I worked with them as essentially a CFO slash controller, um, doing their accounting, got involved in some consulting and things of that nature. Um, and then I, as we talked about earlier today, I started doing speaking and training for independent operators and also CPAs for a number of years. And then I took my content from that course that was on restaurant accounting and controls and systems, and I moved that to the internet. And back in the late 90s, I got the domain name restaurantowner.com and have turned that into a subscription site and have built content and hired additional people and things of that nature. Um, so it actually is a real business today. Yeah, and it's, it's a legit resource to, uh, comes up often on the show. People are constantly recommending restaurantowner.com is a must-have resource when opening a restaurant. Uh, what kind of content, what kind of resource, what kind of material can we expect if we, we go over Well, that? we've expanded it to the point where we have content on a lot of different areas. Um, uh, we've, we're real big on systems, creating consistency in the restaurant. Everybody's aware of how important it is to create a consistent guest experience. Um, so we have a lot of templates and things of that nature. Um, uh, we, also, we, all, we also dive into the financial aspects of running a restaurant, understanding the P&L, doing a weekly prime cost report, uh, inventory control, things of that nature. And in the last four to five years, we've, we've focused more and more on building a positive culture and how important leadership is. Uh, and particularly today, when you have such challenges in the employee area, in the staffing area, you got to have a great place for people to work or they're going to leave you. And you're going to have even more problems with retaining staff. And, and also, a, a loyal um, staff that, that, that hangs around, uh, guests like to see that. So, um, so we've been focusing more and more on that, and we've gotten more involved in the guest experience and the guest journey, how to improve that. So uh, we've been doing quite a – we've run a lot of topics now, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and uh, also, we, we can't uh, leave out Kelly. Kelly Lab is Jim's daughter. And Kelly, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and what, you, what you're – you got going on these days? Yeah. So I um, started working for dad high school, college, and didn't want to go work for dad, (laughs) but fell in love with the hospitality side of the business after we went to a Danny Meyer uh, seminar in New York. And my eyes were definitely open to that. And I started working for him full time and realized I need to get a job as a server. I'm learning all these things and I want to apply it. So I've been a server for about a year and a half, and I serve, I hostess, and I'm very involved in the training that goes on. Beautiful. So I love it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think uh, what we're here to to discuss again is the difference between service and hospitality, and I think Kelly is going to serve as our expert, or or, or, uh, like the, uh, what's the word, I guess, uh, on-site. She's the reality The reality, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Jim and I are busy talking (laughs) and putting things together, but like you are living it right now, and hopefully you can give us some examples of how uh, some of the things that we're discussing you've applied 
buy these in real life is what we're hoping to get. Uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, and I, we might as well just dive right into it. So what is actually before we dive into it, I got to point out that this is kind of a surreal moment for me. And I was I was waiting to the, the recording to kind of to dump this on you guys. But I started this podcast six years ago and I probably came across restaurant owner within that that first year. It must have been. And I've oh, always wow. admired wow. what you got going on with restaurantowner.com. And I've always thought to myself, like, wow, like. You know what it would be to like to to achieve that level of success in this community that that Jim's achieved, and here I am sitting across from you uh, in your home. Uh, Jim has welcomed me into his home, uh, meeting your family, into to just always have you be a person of person I admire. And now to be sitting in your home, sitting across from you and your daughter, uh, it's like you know, put your head down, do the work, and try to be a person of value, right? And before you know it, like those people that you admire, you're gonna be able to call your friends someday. So, oh well, thank you. Uh, it's really That's exciting to be here. Very kind of you to say so i just felt like and, i needed uh, to uh well, to say that i tell you what i admire your tenacity and what you've been able to accomplish i mean really absolutely it's well, incredible i don't know I just i just i felt like i needed to, to, to pull that to the surface because oh, it well, is kind of a you. surreal moment but let's Thanks. dive into today's topic which again is the difference between service and hospitality so who wants to take it first jim or kelly well um how about if i it's okay if i yeah. start okay um uh we believe there's a big difference between service and hospitality um when you think about the guest experience and when you think about what people want when they go to a restaurant, um, first of all, they want it to be timely. They want it to be clean. They want the food to be good. They want the, the seats to be comfortable and so on. Okay. And that, that is really focused on the competence of the staff. Okay. They want people to be competent. But on the other side, um, they want the staff to be friendly and courteous. All right. Um, they even want them to be compassionate if there's a problem or something, all right? Um, and that, that, to me, says caring. They want the staff to be caring. So you've got competence on one side, and then you've got caring on the other side. And we believe a good word, and really the word that, that – uh, that's a good word for service. Because to us, service is the technical aspects of running a restaurant, okay? Yeah. It's the timing. It's the it's – the, um, all those things that have to do with, with consistency and systems and things of that nature. But then there's the human side, and that's hospitality. Uh, uh, hospitality, in fact, Danny Myers says hospitality is how you make people feel. Service is the delivery of the product. Hospitality is how the delivery of that product makes, makes the guests feel. Okay, um, And uh, when you think about what drives the guest experience um, – because people don't just go to restaurants for the food. It's a whole lot more, the, more than the food. Um, first of all, the concept is, is, is one thing. The price points, the type of food, cuisine, the atmosphere, the location. Okay, that, that creates the expectation of the experience that the guest is, is hopeful to receive. And then once you get there, the technical or the execution is a big part of it. Okay, is the food good? Was it made the same way it was the last time and so on? And then hospitality is the human side. How did they treat me? How did they make me feel? Did I feel welcoming? Did I sense that they actually cared for me? All right. So you've got three big components. You've got the concept. You've got, uh, you've got the execution. And then you've got hospitality. And we believe it's hospitality more than anything else that impacts the guest experience. Because if you've ever had a problem in a restaurant, and we all have, if they respond the right way and they show you that they really care and they make it right, what does it do? 
it immediately flips our mood. It imme- immediately takes us from being frustrated or angry to saying, golly, well, they really care. You know, yeah. even though they screwed up, they showed me. And even if they weren't be able to fix it 100 percent, at least that I know I was recognized and I was heard out. And they showed me that they cared. Bingo. Yeah. That's hospitality. And I feel like that kind of ties into the why, which we'll get into. Like, why is it so important to be hospitable? Because you can be forgiven for almost anything if you mm, come at it, yeah. with the, it from the right place. Right. But Kelly, Bingo. do you want to reflect on what uh, your father had to share with us? Jim shared with us. I disagree with everything. I don't think I have anything special to add, but I can definitely agree with the if they know they're if they know that you're on their side. Yeah they are willing to be very patient with you. Exactly. And I've been able to recover tables why don't very you give? Why don't you give an example of that? Putting you on the spot. Oh, Kelly. okay. <laughs> I know well, you've got a lot well, of them. While you think of something, I'll, I'll quote uh, Danny Meyer. One. Yeah, so Danny Meyer, <laughs> you can write the end of the story, right? Uh, bad things happen, but if you're yeah. being hospitable, you can literally take, take that experience and make a bad experience into a good experience by showing them how far you're willing to go how far how much you care by going as far as you're willing to go like you can win them back you can change that bad experience into a good experience so give us an example yeah this one wasn't even my fault our restaurant ran out of something and it caused the guests to become very unhappy about that and very they were just telling me that they were not thrilled yeah (laughs) but i made sure i was very attentive to everything the entire meal i um recommended stuff that they enjoyed i was just very polite over polite but I could see the guy change from a very negative attitude and very like, this place sucks, to, oh, she cares for me. Oh, okay, she's helping me out. And his whole demeanor changed. Mm. And he left me a really good tip. Awesome. And so just a small thing at the beginning can easily be recovered yeah. based off your based off your attitude and based off your desire to deliver hospitality. Yeah. And I love that. Thank you for sharing that example. And just to compound off of what you two have been sharing up to this point, uh, I think it's a fun practice just to have your team look up the definition or first have them define, like, what do you think hospitality is? And then actually look it up. And if you, if you look up the, the definition of hospitality, it is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. But even more powerful than that definition, I think is, are the synonyms. And if you look up the synonyms for uh, hospitality, friendliness, uh, welcomeness, uh, warmth, reception, helpfulness, neighborliness, uh, kindness, generosity, uh, all these things like are just words of just giving and caring in human. They're all human elements, right? Uh, do you guys want to reflect on that? Well, that is so, so true. Um, uh, one thing that hospitality does, if you look at a restaurant and you Talk about the guest journey. Um, guests go through a specific they, – they go through stages, okay? And what's most common in, say, a full-service restaurant is they arrive, they pull in the parking lot, they walk through the front door, um, they're seated, and they go through the dinner experience, okay? And then it's time to make payment, and then, they, then there's kind of a farewell as they leave. And within each of those stages is a touch point where either the host or hostess or the server – or maybe a bus busser or somebody touches them in some way. Well, those touch points create emotional responses, all right? And that's where we have an opportunity to touch them with respect to hospitality. Ooh, I think okay? we're getting into the, the how a little bit. A right little now. bit, a we're, little bit, let's, exactly. Let's, should we leave that as a teaser? Okay. All right, okay. let's leave that as okay. a teaser. We're going to okay. take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to talk about the why, uh, why hospitality is so important in your business and uh, the benefits of being a, a, a hospitality-focused operation. 
So this probably does not come as a surprise to you, but as you can imagine, I look at a lot of restaurant websites because I'm constantly researching my next guest, successful restaurateurs, and you'd be surprised how many of those people have bento box websites. I mean, I almost know instantly when looking at these websites because they're always so stunning and they always check every box, everything that a good restaurant website should have. These websites have them, and it's because they're going to Bento Box to get the work done. And not only will Bento Box leave a lasting impression with your guests, but Bento Box websites come with hospitality-focused tools that are proven to drive revenue online. With Bento Box, you can easily update menus, promote events, share press, sell gift cards, take catering orders, and book private events directly from your website. Bento Box puts you in control so you can focus on what matters most, your restaurant. Bring your restaurant hospitality online with bento box by signing up today at getbento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. So we're back and we kind of just up to this point have covered uh, the like the what what is the difference between hospitality and service. But now we're going to dive into the why. Why is having a hospitality focus operation so important? So, Kelly, Jim, who wants to go first? Let, let me just start off with a with a great, great quote that will lay a great foundation, I think, for what we're getting into. Um, and it's on the power of emotion. Uh, it was by a lady by by the name of Brene Brown. She's a behavioral psychologist, and she's also an author. She said, people are not rational beings with occasional emotion. They are emotional beings with occasional rational thought. And it's true. Even if you might think that you're a pretty logical-based per- person, I would, I would challenge you. I would l- ask you to look at the last car you bought or house you bought or the person you married, wink, wink, okay, um, those were probably based more on emotion than they were logic, okay? Um, some people more than others, but the reality is is that as a human being, we are emotional creatures, all right? Um, and Danny Meyer, let me quote what Danny Meyer said in his, uh, in his stunning book, Setting the Table, that you talk about a lot, yeah. which is great. I'm glad people are reading it. By far, he, the yeah. number one most recommended there book you go. on the show. There yeah. you go. And it's business like life. It's all about how you make people feel. It's about how you make people feel. Well, how do you make people feel? How do you control emotion? It's through hospitality, you know? So hospitality is a emotion generator, if done well, obviously. Yeah. Okay. And like even breaking yeah. down Danny Meyer's book even more, Enlightened Hospitality, is that that idea of all the things we mentioned before, uh, generosity, warmth, caring, friendliness, mm-hmm. not just extended to your guests, but actually first extended to your team, then to your guests, then to your community, then to your investors, or I can't remember the exact order, but then ultimately to mm-hmm. your your. Uh, it, you know, it trickles, right? right. It's everybody. Right. It, that, and that's enlightened hospitality that we need to be yeah. uh, warm and generous yeah. to everybody. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt your, your train of thought. But. That, that's okay. But my point, point was, is it with gratitude, or excuse me, with, uh, with hospitality, if we can positively impact our guests' emotion throughout the guest journey, guess what? If they leave in a better mood than what they came in, and they feel that they were welcomed, appreciated, uh, treated with kindness and compassion and so on, what are they likely to do? They're likely to come back. That's loyalty. They're likely to say great things about us to their friends and colleagues on social media, okay? And if we generate more repeat business, what's that going to do to our sales volume? Mm -hmm. Sales are going to go up. So it's organic growth of our restaurant, of our business. So 
positive, positive, po- all the way around from the standpoint of the impact of great hospitality. I love it. Kelly, do you want to add on to that? I do. I wanted to talk about the benefits of hospitality to your servers and to teaching them and sharing this podcast with them because hospitality only goes so far if just the owner knows it. And one of the things that I love about being a server and delivering hospitality is I'm able to connect with guests and it makes my job fun. I feel personally fulfilled when I go to work. I'm able to put a smile on someone's face. Someone gives me a thumbs up. I've gotten high fives before. Like I go to work and I love it. And with that connection, it leads to higher tips. So your servers are going to be immediately interested in that. But it's more than that. You don't just come to work for yeah. money. You want to have fulfillment. And there. we started this conversation talking about the differences between hospitality and service. And really, I, I think that we the, the, the guest doesn't doesn't see that line. They don't see the line between service and hospitality for them. Yeah. It's all just service. Like when they show up, that experience is part that's the service. Uh, so the way I like to think about it is uh, your guests expect the service, the, the technical and mechanical part of things. That's the expectation. You exceed expectation guess expectation by being hospitable by caring and by going to extreme lengths to show people how much you care and that's how they're going to interpret what good service is right great yeah absolutely do you want to reflect on either yeah no i love that because it's that added value that causes a good tip because you're right they expect the service you don't have to tip a server. Yeah. It's that added value. Exactly. And uh, I love what you were saying, uh, Kelly, about the owners having to get your, your employees involved. And when the, the employees do get involved, uh, I feel like if, if they don't really learn about what hospitality is and they're just taught all the technical and mechanical stuff, it becomes a transaction, right? Yeah. There you and go. It, you're going through the motions and you're just checking boxes and you're, you're you know, bringing in the food, collecting the money transaction. But if you encourage that human element to develop relationships with your guests, then all of a sudden, and Kelly said it beautifully. Now yeah. I enjoy it. Now I have fun. Now job isn't a transaction. It's a relationship with somebody. And that's where the magic happens. Any thoughts there? Oh, that, that was well said. How could I, how could I improve on, <laughs> how could <we> improve on <laughs> that? That was exactly well said. No, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where restaurants have an opportunity to, cr- to create a real competitive advantage in their local market because look at how how bad service, how bad hospitality is in most restaurants. Uh, usually it is mechanical. Usually it is, you know, they come to your table, and Kelly might talk about this later, and say, hello, my name is so-and-so, and I'm your server tonight. Well, what does that tell you right off the bat? It's a script. They really don't, they probably don't mean it, um, and... Um, it's going to be another boring. <laughs> it's going to be another boring experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Jim, yeah. Uh, in some of the notes you gave me to prepare for this conversation, you said uh, why greater levels of hospitality is the most effective and sustainable way to delight your guests and grow sales. So, what makes this the most effective and sustainable way? I'm curious. What did you mean by that sustainability aspect of things? Well, it's sustainable because in an environment where hospitality is king, and the and we'll get into this a little bit later too. We t- start talking about culture, um, but where employees, where the where the staff, where the servers are really enjoying taking care of their customers, and they're getting that positive feedback from their guests. Um, uh, there's got to be something driving that, other than just the servers on their own. There's got to be a culture. There's got to be leadership that is also showing hospitality to the staff. All right. So when hospitality rules in a in a in a restaurant, 
when the servers are being taken care of and they're taking great care of the great care of the guest um that's where you start to have um that's when you start delighting your guests that's when you start having more repeat business loyalty and so on that i talked about earlier and uh, rather than have to rely on marketing or think about a bounce back offer or giving points for loyalty for coming back People come back because they love the experience. People come back they have, because they not only love the restaurant, but they love the people who serve them. So I go back to the restaurant not just because I like their food, but because Jordan or, or Jose or so-and-so that I've gotten to know personally, who I ask for when I arrive at the, at the restaurant— We've got that going in our favor as well. Yeah. And I think the other thing uh, to talk about sustainability, it's infinite, right? This isn't a limited resource. It's infinite. There you go. Uh, Hospitality is an infinite resource. You cannot Mm -hmm. run out of it. And most importantly, it's free. It's free. It's free, right? So talk about value added without having to invest in other types of asset, tools, resources, quality of product. This is an infinite resource an infinite free resource that if you just teach your people to to make it about the relationships to to make it about the human element and to care like that is a a unique selling proposition that any concept fast casual uh fine dining quick service whatever you can implement that and create a very powerful unique selling proposition very good absolutely um yeah Anything else that's worth diving into before we, we get into the how to, and how to to create a culture of hospitality and things we can do to make hospitality sticking in our business? Kelly, you've been kind of quiet this this uh, round. <laughs> you want to you want to share any thoughts? I just want to emphasize that hospitality is what makes your restaurant unique. And if you want people to come back to your restaurant and not the twenty other that are in, within a mile. You want unique. You want to be creative. And hospitality is going to do that. And teaching teaching that at your restaurant, you're getting employee engagement as well. So you're not just benefiting your guests. You're benefiting the entire organization and yourself. Beautiful. Uh, Jim, it sounds like you want to say Well, you have a chance to become known as the friendliest restaurant in town. And is that a bad way to be, you know, is that a a bad reputation to have? Yeah. Probably not. And I think it's just one final thought to kind of wrap up the why it's because why not? Mm-hmm. Why not yeah. be human? Why not make it more than just a transaction? Why not create a, an atmosphere of warmth and generosity and caring? Why not have to show up to that every day? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you make this a part of your business model? Like, I think that's the only other thing I can think of. That's great. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Agreed. Beautiful. Okay, one more break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to drop some value on you guys. It's the entrepreneurial myth, and I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's the idea that when you open your own restaurant, life is going to get easy because you get to do exactly what it is that you love, whether that's front of house or back of house. And then reality kicks in, right? You've got to do all this other stuff that comes with owning a business like taxes, HR, payroll, really boring stuff. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small business. And if you want to add on 401k or health benefits, it's a breeze. Those old school clunky payroll providers just were not built for the modern small business. Not to mention, you've got to compete with the big guys. But how do you compete with the big guys when you don't have big guy bucks? Well, with Gusto. That's how. 
Get back to doing what it is you love and let Gusto handle the rest. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you'll get your first three months free when you run your first payroll. That's Gusto.com slash Unstoppable. Again, Gusto.com slash Unstoppable. So Revel Systems is a complete POS built to help grow your expanding business. I stand by Revel, and I can tell you why it's so great, but I'd rather get my man Colton Schultz, who's with Grand Junction Subs in the Craft Cave, to tell you why he loves Revel. We have been working with Revel for several years, who has partnered with us to streamline our operations. We have implemented delivery management, employee management, sales reporting, kitchen display screens, and so much more. We also utilize mobile order takers and kitchen display systems that are extremely customizable. Nice. So if there's just one thing that you love the most about Revel Systems, what would it be? It's definitely their vast reporting abilities on the back end. We utilize a lot of the reports such as speed of service, taxes, sales reports, labor reports. It's all there to help you run your business. Beautiful. Guys, and if you're listening to this, Revel works with businesses that are looking to implement cutting-edge technology that helps increase revenue, improve efficiencies, and enhance experience of their employees and their customers. To learn more, head over to revelsystems.com slash unstoppable. All right, we're back, and we're going to wrap up with some of the how. So we've covered uh, what is the difference between service and hospitality. We've covered why having a hospitality mindset is so important. And now we're going to talk about how to implement hospitality into the day-to-day of your business to make sure it's something that stays and sticks within your business. So uh, where does it start? I think we broke this down into two sections. Uh, First, working into your culture and then working into your training. So let's start with culture. Uh, How do we work hospitality into our culture, Jim? Well, um, I think it begins, or at least uh, one offshoot of of culture is who you hire. You've got to hire people with what I would call, at least for the front of the house, that have what we might refer to as the as a hospitality gene. Or in other words, when they arrive at the interview, they've got a smile on their face. They have a naturally uh, happy disposition about them. All right. And uh, one way to probe and find out just how much of a hospitality gene they may have, here's a real good question to ask. Tell me about a time when you went out of your way to help somebody. And see if they actually can think of something fairly quickly. Uh, it's pretty hard to fake this. Um, now, and then what What you want to do, you might want to probe a little bit and ask, well, why did you do this? Maybe they helped somebody with their groceries or, or, or somebody was struggling with uh, uh, a stranger was struggling on maybe crossing the road, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, and uh, find out if they ever did anything and why they did it, what motivated them to do it. And how they felt about it afterwards. Yeah. And most people that have what I would call the hospitality gene can think of a lot of instances where they went out of their way to help somebody. Yeah, or test them. A lot of people, when we talk about hiring, right, like mm-hmm. actually doing things in the interview to see how they're going to react. Have one of your other employees walk in the front door with their hands full. Is that is that person going to leap up out of their seat to go open the door for somebody? Like these are the like, little things. Like yeah. you can test them in the moment yeah. to see if they have that gene. Uh, yeah. Kelly just got into the edge of her seat and closed the <laughs> mic. Oh, no. I'm, I'm just wanna... engaged in this discussion. Oh, cool. <laughs> uh, Jim, anything else? I, did I cut you short there? No, I think that's good. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's a very effective. Well, you got to hire the right people. And I yeah. think Danny Myers calls yeah. it uh, hiring the fifty-one. Fifty-one percent. Yep. Yeah. Um, Yep. Beautiful. Uh, yep. So after we've identified, how, how do you know, Jim? Let me ask you that. How do you know, aside from, um, I mean, they have that, that, that element, that, that 
the generosity, the the smile. Uh, what else are we looking for as far as whether or not we can tell they have that hospitality gene? Well, I think, too, is how well they get along with, with other people. And one thing that I know of a couple of our successful members do, they let a potential new hire spend at least 20 to 30 minutes with a few of their one-at-a-time, a few of their existing employees. Very casually, they just talk. They say, well, if, is there any questions you might have that you wouldn't ask of the owner or the manager? Um why are you thinking about and let let those employees then get a feel for that person as well so you know, some people are really good at taking at doing interviews um but when they're around quote unquote their peers a lot of people open up as well too and it's good to get some perspective from your from your staff who are going to have to work with those people if they're hired too. Okay. So what about working uh, hospitality into your culture uh, beyond hiring? Like now you have the people, how do you cement it into the culture of your business, uh, into the fabric of your business? Well, I think that gets into leadership and leadership drives culture. And uh, um, I think a set of values, um, a good set of values is, uh, is very effective. In other words, we have our values and, you know, probably a good value would be we respect everybody just because they're a human being. Um, we respect, we, um, we show common courtesy in our, uh, in our restaurant. Um, we, uh, we always try to do the right thing, integrity, honesty, things of that nature. And if you just get those basics right of you try to do the right thing, you treat people the right way, you're courteous, you're respectful. That creates a foundation, I believe, for a good positive culture to take hold. And manager, just like Kelly was saying earlier, management has got to treat the employees the way they want the employees to treat the guest. So I think that's a basic fundamental aspect of uh, of of culture, creating a good positive culture. Yeah, you can't expect your people to be hospitable and care for one another and the guests oh, yeah. unless you're right exactly. there setting yeah. the example of what it looks like to care for one another, right? right? right. Uh, and I think the last thing we put under culture is just working it into your actual core values or your, your vision statement or your mission statement to, to, to make it a part of your business and to make it something that comes up over and over again. Uh, have you seen it? Like, any examples of this or Kelly, uh, how do, how do they make sure hospitality is being woven into the restaurant you're working at? How are they doing that? I'm actually going to give an example of a, um, a restaurant I visited. One of our members, they own, it's, um, Russ and Tom and they own two restaurants. It's called flight and Southern social. And I spent about a week there and saw hospitality played out perfectly. It was executed beautifully. Go there. So yeah. So, from the moment the guest walks in, they are greeted, the door is opened, there's no awkward standing, they're moved into the dining room, they're seated, they're shown the bar. And that whole journey, all the employees are smiling and welcoming people into the restaurant. It feels like a big home. And like they have the Southern thing going on, right? So big family. And you get that vibe. And um, the manager there, Joe Fain, he says... We train our people to do that. We walk around and say, okay, smile, smile. How are you doing? You don't look like you're having a good day. They do an energy board. They check in with everyone's energy at the beginning of the shift. Um, so that restaurant executed it beautifully. Yeah. And I think the kind of wrap up the idea of how to build this into the culture is, yeah, like go over it over and over again, right? It's not just like mm -hmm. one thing where you write it down in your core values and you say, yeah. hey, we care about hospitality. You like 
you know, sledgehammer that thing into their heads every day during the pre-mail. Like, yeah. like give me an example of a t- like a time like this week where you're hospitable to somebody and then give awards away or whatever you have to do to, they like, do that, to reinforce yeah. that, that positive, uh, behavior of of being warm generous and hospitable uh anything else worth covering in the whole culture side of things or should we get into the training side of things now well one thing about culture i think that's important to bring out is employees need to know you care and one of the most effective ways that managers and especially owners can show employees that they care is to try to have some one-on-one time even though it may not be a long time uh with each employee. Find out what's going on in their personal life. Now, you don't want to be intrusive or anything like that, but what are their hobbies? What do they like doing on their time off? What What is the name of their, maybe their kids or their spouse or significant other? Um, and once you do show that you have an interest in them beyond them just being there to peel potatoes or to serve your guests or whatever, that's when I think the magic of of that relationship between employer and employee starts to happen. They start to know that the boss or the owner has their back, that they care about me in a personal way. And when people sense that and they feel that, that's when I think that people are really, really motivated to do a good job for the boss and uh, because he or she really cares about me. Um, and I've, I've seen this in action. There's a really successful member that we have in San Antonio by the name of Robert Fleming. And he owns two highly successful pancake houses. In fact, it's the Magnolia Pancake House. And my wife and I were there visiting Robert once, and we were seated. And um, he came to our table, sat down, and our server, Joan, came up. And uh, Robert immediately said hi to her. He said, oh, by the way, how's your slab? He's got over 150 employees, yet he knew that Joan was having a problem with her slab, and he asked her about it. And I said, how did you, when, when Joan left, I said, how did, you, how did you know that? And he said, I always try to have a, a one-on-one with, you know, with all of my employees, you know, know what's going on. I, she, he said, I care about them. Yeah. And I said, how do you find the time? He says, it's a priority. I've, I make the time to do that. Yeah. So um, that was really well done so again just you know not talking the talk but walking the walk walk and and showing that if you care about your people and you and you do and display acts of caring by taking time to to know them uh then they will take that time to know you and if they know you they're gonna know that it's really important for you to have hospitality in your business and they're gonna extend that on to the the guests um so i think it's safe to get into the 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 training element of hospitality. So how do we train hospitality? Kelly, you've got some great ideas in that area. What are some good training things? One of the things I did when I trained the hostesses to be more welcoming at the front is we did this exercise. So there's a um, concept. It's called the hospitality circle, the 10-4 rule. Basically, what you do is if a guest is in four to feet, four feet of you or, or shorter, you smile and verbi- verbally acknowledge them. Like, thank you for coming. Good to see you. Or if they're leaving, like, thank you so much for coming in. And if they're within 10 feet, you at least smile with them and make eye contact. Yep. So if you, if all of your employees did that, especially your hostesses, your restaurant would instantly become the friendliest place yeah. because we've all been in places that no one looks at us, no one smiles, and we don't know what we're doing there. Yeah. And a lot of times we'll walk right out. Um, but I had the girls really understand this by having one girl volunteer to go outside the restaurant. And I told everyone inside, 
don't smile, don't look at her. I told the hostess, don't be friendly, or, you know, make believe hostess for the role play exercise. And I had her, the, the girl who's outside, walk in. And she was confused because no one was looking at her. She was trying to get the hostess's attention. She was like, can I, can I get a table? Um, I'm right here. And the, the hostess did a great job of just like, why, you know, you're, you're bothering me because sometimes we get that vibes. Like that's not too far yeah, from like, the truth. Like I'm busy. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. As if guests are not our top priority, which is crazy. Um, but then I had her walk back outside and I had her come back again after telling everyone in the restaurant, I want you to smile at her if you're within four feet and she can hear you say, thank you for coming in. Um, I want, you know, the hostess to be very polite and friendly. And you could see the look on her face after the exercise. She, she said, I finally get it. Yes. I finally understand. And ever since then, the morale and just the smiles of the hostesses has been like lifted. So that was the 10, four rule. 10, four rule. At 10 feet, you smile. And at four feet, what happens? You smile and you verbally acknowledge them. Basically, if they're close enough that you can say something and they hear you, Go ahead and say something. Okay. Maybe it's a, just a hi. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, How it doesn't you? have to be a conversation. You probably yeah. don't want it to be. Yeah, you know? and if, if they want more, they'll drop hints that they need your attention. Oh, yeah. But if you're making that eye contact and you're speaking to them, you're opening up the dialogue. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Can you show me where the bathroom is? Right? And that you're, you're giving them a path to, to, to be helped if they need the help. Right? Um, plus, it's just great to be recognized. I think yeah. uh, there's, a, there's some African term, and I can't remember what it is exactly, but it literally translates into I see you. And like that's hmm. what they say hmm. when they meet people. It's not hello. It is I see you. Wow. You know? And uh, you smile like with your eyes. Right. And mm-hmm. that's like the whole mentality. And I think you were actually, we, that came up earlier. Uh, I think Jim mentioned that they train you on how to smile. Uh, yeah. do you want to get into that? Yeah. There's actually, depending on what article you look at, there's 16 and 19 types of smiles and only six of those are genuine. And you can tell if it's genuine by how you feel when someone smiles at you. Yeah. And if you have the, the crow's feet, if it creases, yeah. so it reaches your eyes and what's really important is smiles are contagious and our behaviors and our moods. You can catch a bad behavior just by walking by someone. And I teach the hostesses that that we're very contagious. Um, but a fake smile is just as ineffective as no smile. So I tell the girls, if you're going to smile, make it genuine, make it yeah. count. So how do you how do you know if it's genuine? Because you're, you're smiling with your eyes? Yes, you can tell. If you're looking at someone and you're the creases of your eyes crinkle and you have a genuine smile, like your teeth are showing. It's just not like a half smile. Yeah. Um, you just look happy. Yeah. You know, I think the other thing too, is if you have a genuine smile and you smile with your eyes, there's science that backs it up that you actually feel or, feel yes, happy uh, yes. because there's endorphins that get released yeah. or I don't know if endorphins, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but things, chemistry happens. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, right. Chemistry happens when you smile, it releases, yep. there's a trigger yep. that it, it releases a feel good uh, chemical it that does. will actually make mm-hmm. you m- deliver it with authenticity because you yeah. actually are feeling good. Uh, it's very powerful yeah. stuff. So I think the big portion of the training is just the creating those triggers right and reminding mm-hmm. people that hey like you know like at all times you are on you're display on stage, you're yeah. on stage you, mm-hmm. you're here to serve you're here to mm-hmm. b- make people's lives happier and, and warmer and, and fill in the blank jim any thoughts well i was at a restaurant a couple of years ago up in austin 
and the name of it was Uchi. You may have eaten there when you were there. Uh, a little and, outside uh, my budget. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were in a back room. I was there with a bunch of other restaurantowner.com members. It was a workshop that we did. Anyway, I, I didn't know where the, where the restroom was. And a, uh, a gal walking through the, uh, uh, through the dining room, the main dining room, and it was jammed. And it was like a Monday night. She noticed that I was kind of looking around. She goes, you need, to, need the restroom? She had, a, she, had a, she had a full load of trays of, of dishes over her shoulder, you know, food. She went out of her way and showed me and pointed to where the re- the the doorway of the of, of the men's restroom was. On the way back, I walked by the the hostess stand. The hostess, for whatever reason, noticed me, gave me a big smile. Okay, I walked in through the dining room again, and a busser was walking by. He gave me a big smile. I'm going, man. Is something on, you know, do I have something on my forehead or something? Or it, they were just being friendly. They had to have heard about the 10 4 rule. Yeah. 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 It's powerful stuff. It really and, was. And I think that, um, so have you guys heard of the, the Power of Habit? It's a, a book out there. But it, it sounds familiar. Yeah. In that book, they talk about like what is like the power of habit, right? Mm. And habit is when you just do things subconsciously, but all habits need a trigger. Mm. So, uh, I think the important thing to create a habit of hospitality in your business is to create triggers for your team that if this happens, then that happens. So a lot of people will use doorways as triggers. Mm. So if you're going into a doorway, that's your check to, to check yourself. Like, am I displaying, mm. uh, uh, body language that says I'm hospitable? Am I happy to be here? And so whenever you're going through those swinging doors from the kitchen to the, or, you know, honestly, mm-hmm. when you're going in the front door of the restaurant or the back door of the restaurant to start your shift, like that should be your check. Cause you should be hospitable to the, your, your employees too. Yep. Right. Yep. So like, what are those triggers? Are you like creating triggers for your, your team? I think is one thing that needs to come up. Um, what about, Pre-meal briefings. Anything we, you can think we should do during the, the pre-meal briefing to instill uh, hospitality in our business? Absolutely. Absolutely. Pre-shifts yeah. are so important because it gets the the group of people ready to go. And, I mean, hospitality, you can't just have one conversation expect everyone to understand it and be yeah. on the same page. Because if you ask 47 different people what hospitality meant, you would get 47 different definitions. So you have to define what hospitality looks like in your restaurant. So you're then able to communicate that with your staff on a regular basis. I dig it. And uh, I think also we, uh, during the pre-interview chat mentioned the importance of repetitively drilling it into your, your, uh, your team members heads. So during the pre-mail, I know this is something that horse Schultze does with, uh, when he was the president and CEO of uh, the Ritz Carlton was he made all of his, his managers go through the standards of service before every um, shift they would go through one standard of service. So like make that part of your, your pre meal uh, briefing uh, have people share uh, a, a time they displayed hospitality to kind of, that yeah. set that culture of this is what we do and to like bring it to make it surface every day to keep it on the top of the minds of your staff. Anything else we can do to uh, habits to make hospitality in our business sticky? Well, uh, Kelly touched on this. Smiling is so, so important. Having a smile, um, eye contact. Um, when Kelly goes to the table, I know that she is smiling and she wants to give everybody at the table eye contact, okay, so that everybody feels that they're welcome and they're recognized. Another thing is, we never talk bad about the guest. I've heard this called, we never skunk the guest. 
even if we have an irate, difficult, whatever guest, we never go behind the, um, you know, behind the the window or the doorway or, or whatever and say bad things about the guest. Why? What um, happens when we do that? Well, when you do that, it kind of it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it also drags everybody else down, okay? Now, we might have, um, I've heard of restaurants having code words for a bad customer or a customer, and and they refer to them as, you know, rather than a slang word or something worse, um, I have a salty popcorn or something there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Or I've got a a table of buttered popcorns or something like that. Yeah. Um, So everybody knows, gets the message, but you're not dragging other people down by you know by yeah. saying negative things about the guests yeah you're dragging yeah. other people down but also you're 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 giving the, the other people on your team a negative impression of somebody who they prior to that hadn't they were neutral they right. didn't have a bad impression right. yeah. so now they're right. walking by table 20 and they're going to you know like scoff like you're going to yeah. have that energy you heard about this yeah. table like you're going to like you don't we don't realize the level of communication yeah. we deliver to people yeah. subconsciously right yeah. uh yeah. the only other thing i can think of uh regarding like triggers and uh when you know you're being hospitable or when you're not being hospitable and this is uh, something that I don't know where I came up with this or a thought that I had one day, but it's kind of stuck. And you, when you think about it, when, when you have to be hospitable, when it's, when you have an opportunity to be hospitable, it's usually also an, a, a time where you're being inconvenienced by something, right? Uh, so if somebody asks you to do something that's going to be totally within your wheelhouse, you can do it, but it's going to be a pain in the ass. It's not a part of your standard operating procedures and you're, you're doing something special to go above and beyond to make sure this person gets what they want. If you feel like you're going to be inconvenienced by somebody's request, or if you if you see an opportunity to do something, but it's going to be an inconvenience, that's your cue that you're about to do something hospitable. So whenever mm. you you are mm. faced with a, a situation where it's like, oh, like that's such a pain in the ass, like I really don't want to do that, like that's your cue, that's your trigger. That's my opportunity. I need to do this. The more of an inconvenience yeah. it is going to be to yeah. you to do that thing, the more hospitable, the more wow, you're going to, yeah. they might not recognize it because they might not yeah. realize what extremes you have to go to, to, to meet the, the expectation. But like it's, it's that resistance that, Oh, like this is going to be a huge inconvenience to me. Yeah. That's your trigger. That's yeah. your cue to, to do the thing That's because good. it is unexpected. It is going above beyond and it's going to be inconvenient, but it's also mm-hmm. going to be worth it at the end. Right. So right. any thoughts That's on that? Great. I completely agree. I can't think of anything specific. But with like special menu orders and allergies and things people want. Yeah, like it's awesome to go above and beyond. Like that's fun. And I had one of my most difficult customers. Like everything went wrong with his meal. And I tried my best to make sure everything was perfect. And we sent eggs back and we sent a waffle back (laughs) to get fixed. But by the end of the meal... He said I was an amazing server, and he's come back to see me numerous nice. times. That is my most loyal customer. Right? And uh, I mean, that's when work <laughs> yeah. becomes fun, when you have these exactly. relationships, and you know yeah. that you're doing your job so well that you are creating loyalty in that business, and that's the ultimate compliment. Uh, I have loved this conversation. Is there anything else we want to bring to the surface, anything that's worth covering on the subject of service versus hospitality and making hospitality sticky in your business that we can dive into? Boy, I know that as soon as we end this program, we're going to think of <laughs> yes. things that we could have talked about. I think we covered you know? a lot in the, really did. In the yeah. past 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah, this has been a great chat. So we wrap up every conversation uh, by calling somebody out. And I know you have a, a deep email list of restaurant owners. Uh, so who is one independent restaurant operator? Somebody you guys both re- uh, 
admire and respect and believe would be a great guest mentor on the show. Actually, I already had Fleming on the show from, oh, from Magnolia. Know? Yeah, that was I a didn't past. Know that. Yeah. Oh, so fabulous. Maybe we can link to that. Anybody else that comes to mind? Yeah. Uh, Kelly, what about? I would say, yeah, I okay. would say the guys in Memphis, uh, Russ Graham and Joe Fane. They're right. awesome. Russ and Joe, look out, I'm coming after you. <laughs> Just to tell you how good these guys are, one of their restaurants, Flight, is rated in the top five on TripAdvisor in the country. Wow. They have a four point, a solid 4.9 out of five rating. Beautiful. Yeah. I think, and, I think I'm going to hit the Midwest, uh, this, uh, fall, spring, spring. Okay. Spring. Whenever I get back, to <laughs> uh, and that might have to be one of my stops. So look out, guys. Yeah. Russ and Joe, I'm coming after you. Okay. And how can the folks connect with you guys if we want to uh, pick up the conversation, ask some questions, or maybe check out restaurantowner.com? Yeah, that'd be great. We're at restaurantowner.com. That, of course, is our domain. And uh, I'm at Jim at restaurantowner.com. Kelly is at Kelly at restaurantowner.com. And we love to hear from anybody on anything. Um, yeah. If we could help support anybody's efforts, we'd absolutely love yeah. to. And uh, God, let, just let me say a thank you for allowing us to be on uh, Restaurant Impossible again. Thank I mean, you. It's a real or unstoppable again. Yeah. It's a real. It's a real joy. Let I, me get that right. I wouldn't be able to do what I do if it wasn't for people like you willing to share their time and knowledge. So oh, well, thank it's you. my pleasure. And uh, again, just thank you so much. If you guys head over to uh, restaurantunstoppable.com, I'll have a summary of today's discussion as well as any tools, services, and books. Uh, that are recommended in today's chat. And uh, again, just thank you guys so much. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Cheers. All right, there we go. Another episode in the archive here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you all found value. Before I let you go, I have to remind you, please sign up for the Restaurant Unstoppable email list. That is where you will never miss an episode and you get the behind the scenes of what's going on here, where I'm at, what's on my mind, and what the future of Restaurant Unstoppable looks like, and you can have an influence on that. Don't forget to connect on social media. That's slash Restaurant Unstoppable on Facebook and at Eric Cacciatore, E-R-I-C. C-A-C-C-I-A-T-O-R-E on Instagram. But the most important thing you can do to support this mission of inspiring, empowering, and transforming our industry is by sharing this sucker with anybody and everybody you know who's aspiring to be great in the industry. All right. Thank you so much for sticking around this long. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.